This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is What They Did Not Teach You in School. This episode of the podcast was recorded on April 11th, 2018. Are we live? Thank you for joining us here on the Wise Investor team, we are going to be talking about what they did not teach you to school with myself, Sal Longo, and yours truly here, the <laughs> Wise Investor himself. Thank you for those that uh, tuning in here. So today we're going to be talking about the biggest saving and financial mistakes millennials make. Prior to doing so, we're going to talk a little bit about Facebook. So Anth, you want to take us through what's been happening with Facebook I saw Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress with some sweats, and he wasn't in his usual white t-shirt. What's going on with that? Yeah, so Mark Zuckerberg definitely swapped out the white t-shirt and jeans for a suit yesterday as he uh, appeared in front of Congress in order to debate and testify about the situation that is happening with Facebook right now. Really top-level stuff we'll go through. A company called Cambridge Analytica, which is out in Europe, has some ties with Russian government, uh, helped the Trump campaign target people that were on the fence about who they were voting for in order to sway them towards voting Trump. Whether or not this is why Trump got elected and all that, we're not going to really care about all that too much. But really the main points that this Congress hearing, it was five, seven hours long, they talked about a lot of things such as us knowing exactly how Facebook is using our data how the user agreement is portrayed like with not using legalese in order to like you know describe on how they're using their data and the privacy agreements and all that making sure that facebook has proper processes put in place so that this doesn't happen again where uh, people's privacies are breached also something that happened was something around like 87 million users of facebook's personal information and friends were given to another company without their permission, permission. And stuff now like that. the thing i get is before we you know don't want to talk too much on this but you know businesses or people do understand that facebook uses personal information of individuals and businesses target their products their businesses their services to individuals that would use it so how is trump although it might be by bad means how is this any different than a business using that data to target their product what do people need to know about facebook is that did a pretty good job facebook stock is up this is going to be an ongoing debate over the next like. He did a years. good job in terms of being the political figure that he is as acting CEO of the company. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff. We'll see how they can actually protect uh, and make our information a little bit more private because I'm sure a lot of us want to see that. Yeah, we're in an inflection point right now with the internet and how we regulate it and make it fair for everybody. Perfect. So we were reading an article the other day, actually, a friend of mine, Chris Kandari, sent me that article, and the article was we're tight. dropping it. Yeah. We're name dropping For him, it. if he Hopefully watches. okay. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to him. He sent me this article <laughs> on millennials and how they invest, and there were some interesting stats that were inside the article. 
about millennials mindset when it comes to investing and we're going to be talking a lot about the mistakes that millennials make when investing i'm just going to go through a couple we also wrote a blog as well on the wise investor team i think it's on your linkedin right now on um, some money mindset that people should adopt so it'll tie over yeah exactly so millennials when they're saving there's some things that you need to know 71 percent of millennials are saving for retirement which is great compared to the previous generation 40 percent of millennials are considered super savers which means that they're saving over 10 percent of their salary for retirement what's the wealthy barber normal statistic for how much you should be saving you know everyone has a different number people say 10 people say 20 if you're really frugal you know you could save 30 but I think really what people need to do is just start small. Yeah, it's true. Start saving small. But The Wealthy Barber, if anyone's read that book, highly recommended. He says save 15% of your money and you'll be set for retirement. You know, that's the standard thing that people say. Another interesting stat from that article is that one out of six millennials have over $100,000 saved, which is better than the previous generation as well. Um, The problem, though, is... um, what people, what millennials are doing with that money when they save it. So uh, 42% of millennials say that they're invested conservatively. And we've gone through this lots of times, the difference between a conservative and aggressive portfolio. Do you want to just um, give us your perspective on that or what, what the difference is? Um, not really because it really depends on different things like risk tolerance. But I think people just need to be investing you know whether they're more conservative or don't want to take big risks you need to be investing in something whether it's a full a portfolio with more bonds or a real estate property that's more conservative in nature you know you don't want to have your money just in cash and that's what we see a lot of the times right well if you're investing conservatively what does that mean conservatively could mean about three to four percent it could mean real estate it could mean bonds which we talk about a lot, which don't fluctuate as much in value. And even conservative can still mean that you have, you know, some equity, some stocks, but just not in not in large portions of your portfolio. Right, exactly. They say that 25% of millennials have cash. Their portfolios in cash, 25%. We usually recommend... Mostly cash, right? Yeah, mostly yeah. cash. We recommend that, you know, you should be keeping 10% of your portfolio in cash, you know, and investing the rest of it. And an interesting stat is that a lot of millennials, the majority of them, say that investing is intimidating. And we hope to debunk some of that. That's kind of the point of the wise investors, exactly. to debunk that investing isn't that intimidating and that everyone could do it. Well, you know, and it's rightfully so. We joke about it here on, you turn on Business News Network, and unless you've done, you know, four, five, six years of undergrad in finance, or you're an advisor or something like that, it almost seems like they're speaking a different language. They use like acronyms, PE, sharp ratios, you know, growth, earnings, uh, tax-free this. Inflation, it's like, yeah, that, so, so this. people don't really know what's going on with the market and don't really understand investing because they're intimidated. And that's part of why we're here. We're trying to show that finance is not very, very complicated when you learn the small things that take you a long way. Yeah, exactly. The guy in the article, his name was like Stateman, and he was some, he's like this expert in Canadian millennial investing. He said that taking risk is not a luxury, it is a necessity. What does he mean by that? Well, let's face it. If you're not investing your money, 
even if you're making a significant income every year, you're going to have a very, very hard time living a comfortable retirement. We always talk about inflation. It eats away of how much the dollar is actually worth. How, that, is, how is that? Let's talk for a Well, there's math and science of it, right? Like $100 today won't buy you the same things 10, 20, 30 years from now. A can of Coke used to be 10 cents. Now it's two bucks. You know, we could talk all day about it. But really what people need to understand is you need to be making some sort of return so your money is not depreciating. Cash in your bank account not being invested is more risky than investing in the right things. And we've, and we've talked about this before is most people think, well, I don't want to risk investing in the stock market I could lose. because I could lose, right? But actually, if you invest, you're already losing. If you invest in cash, you're guaranteed to lose whatever inflation is. Exactly. And if inflation is running you at 2.5% just on a historical average, yeah. that means that if you're you keep your lost. money in cash, you're guaranteed to lose 2.5% per year. Yeah, it's like betting, you're betting on the loss. So that's like a, a that's like a mindset thing where you have to think that even though just in cash, that's actually very risky. You that's know? right. Especially over the long term. Are we moving on to different types of investing? I just want to talk about one thing. Cool. And it's that most millennials will keep their money in cash or in a conservative bond portfolio, making 3-4% per year. But over the long run, there's a big difference on making 7% per year and 4% per year. For sure. And that's called the compound effect and money really accumulates and we can talk all day about that. I'm sure we're going to have a different segment on. Be tuned in for our video on the compound effect. That's going to be coming out soon. Excited for that. All right. Let's move on to, to the actual practical part of this. Three tips to help millennials make sure that they're taking full advantage of the returns that they can be getting and the money that they're saving. Starting off with number one. So obviously the first thing is that investing, although it's intimidating, anyone can actually do it. So we talked about you go on Business News Network, it's pretty intimidating hearing all these slogans, acronyms, these big guns with the nice suits, um, talking about it. But really, if you're looking to invest, you there's so many opportunities to make four, five, six, seven, eight percent a year. And you can do it through exchange-traded funds like ETFs, um, mutual funds, you know, just talking with your advisor. There's different options. Real estate is a great one. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of that. Um, so there's different, different things that you can do. The thing is, is about finding simple ways. You know, everyone loves flashy things, right? Especially millennials. We love that instant gratification. You love when your Instagram post hits 200 likes. You're used to that instant hit. But... Reality is investing for the instant gratification usually will cost you more than make you money. Everyone right now is, oh, I'm investing in marijuana stocks and Bitcoin that go up and down a lot. And a lot of, um, a lot of people that sell at, uh, investments sell them on the fun, like the gambling side of the emotional side, the, ups, the possible ups in the stock market, right? That's but right. realistically, one of the biggest things that I realized being in the industry is that investing is really boring. It is. <laughs> Straight boring up. Boring because you're not getting instant gratification. And it's because, yeah, you make 6% per year. It takes 10 years for your money to double, 12 years for your money to double. You know, it's slow incremental gains, but over the long run, that's how you make money in this exactly. world. Exactly. People are very much drawn to that gambler, you know, oh, I bought this 
marijuana stock, I'm up like 40%. That's great that that person got lucky because that's not skill. And we talk about it all the time. And be careful with that person because that same mindset of taking those gambler mentality, sure, he won on that one particular stock, but if he thinks he's going to win again, the odds are very much against him. And you're not going to see that guy or girl getting very wealthy in the long run. Right. So be careful with, I got this huge return on this stock, blah, blah, blah. The classic, uh, you always hear gamblers bragging about when they win, but you never hear about when they lose. They're probably crying, right? That's yeah. What it is. So number two is that small savings actually make a big difference. And we've talked about this before, the compound effect of money. 7% on $100 is $7. Now you have $107. You make 7% on that, you know, it's $8. Exactly. Now you have $115 and so on and so forth, right? So let's talk about how just saving a small amount of money actually has a big impact over the long run. Exactly. You want to run through an example now, for us? I love that you said long run because really investing, like you said, can be boring. It takes many years to build that wealth. Fortunately, for a lot of us in our 20s... You we know, have nothing but time. Sorry for you know those elderly, not elderly, but older people watching, but the youth among us have a lot of time until retirement, so let's use that to our advantage. So two things that you need when you're investing. Either you need a lot of money to build that wealth, because return, you know, 10% on a million dollars, $100,000, but 10% on... 10,000 bucks is $1,000. So there's a big discrepancy there. But the other way to build wealth is time. And fortunately, we have a lot of time. So use that to your advantage. Exactly. If you're putting away here $400 a month, $400 a month, I think that's something that a lot of people could do, whether you're making 30,000 a year or 300,000 a year. $400 a month over 20 years, not even a lump sum, just that monthly cash outflow in your account going to an investment at about a 7% return, you know, give or take, you're getting about $200,000 in 20 years. Now, and that makes that that's very, very interesting there, right? One, 7% is very easy to do in a mutual fund or ETF investment. And two is if you wait another 10 years after that, that $200,000 turns into $450,000. That's right. right? Now, most of us are 20 years old. In 30 years, we're 50, and now we have $450,000. You wait another 10 years after that, and what would it be? It would double again. Yeah. It would. Yeah. So if you wait another 10 years after the, that, now we're 60 years old, right? How it, much money are we sitting on? double plus the growth. You're looking yeah, at a lot. About a million dollars. Yeah. Right? So $400 per year at 20 years old for the next 40 for the it's next pretty 40 much years all you have to do. Is all you need to do, exactly. Right? And we're not talking about leveraging into a real estate property or increasing your savings accounts and stuff like that. So small, small things do make a big difference. We're going to move on to the third thing. And it's like, how exactly do you get that 7% per year and how do you invest your money? Let's, let's not go. We're going to do a different show on different types of investments. But, you know, exchange traded funds are out there, mutual funds, really real estate. Really easy to invest in. You know, you don't got to be a CFA, PhD in That's order right. to invest and have the right professionals, right? If you're a little bit intimidated, you might not know which, what to pick, you know, talk to, talk to your advisor, you know, look around, find someone that you can trust. Really simply put though, if you're a beginner, start with a mutual fund investment. It's really simple to do, it doesn't take any thinking. You go see an advisor, they invest you into the proper uh, range of mutual fund. 
or you use a wealth simple account and you go like a hybrid mutual fund which is like ETFs with a little bit of a management fee right um, that's how people get started once yes. you once you get more sophisticated you can start building on top of that if you have any questions you can ask us perfect we won't talk too much on different types of investments we're gonna save it for another full episode but last but not least probably the most important thing we're gonna talk about today is the fourth thing price and value are not the same thing so what's the Warren Buffett quote <laughs> the Warren Buffett quote. of price and value I don't know well I'll tell you what it is what is it Warren Buffett says that um, what you oh, right. I, <laughs> price, I do know price is actually what you pay value is what you get now for so many of us we go shopping you think that you spend $300 on a pair of shoes is better than $100 shoes Sal and I talk about this all the time because I'm a believer in you get what you get what you pay for but Sal's a massive believer in value versus price now I still think that you get, I love buying great things that are good quality, right? And that's called value. But just like in stores have sales, right? And this is how I always argue with you to prove my point. If you have two of the same pairs of jeans, for instance, one at one store is on sale, 30% off, and one is just regular price, the 30% off pair of jeans are the same quality. They're going to last you the same. You're going to look this just as good in both pairs. It's the exact same thing. So the value is the same. The value is more, well, yeah, the value is the same, but you're getting at a lower price. So you get more value at that price. True. So that's what kind of proves that theory. And we always want to tell people, don't just pay for things. Actually look at the value of things. Even in your own expenses, go through your monthly statement and say, okay, certain things I could live without and certain things I can't live without. Like if you love a latte every morning at Starbucks because that's what gets you through the day. That's Sal. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my guilty pleasure. I know that, okay, that's part of my budget. But if it's a protein shake after the gym that you're buying there and you know you could just make the same one at home, that $10 every day goes a long way. It's true. Price versus value. You guys, Warren I, Buffett. I would honestly encourage an audit of your expenses every month. You, it is life changing. I feel see. what we should do is you should get a um, a still shot of Sal like this, and then put a little quote here: "Price versus value." Sal Longo. That is literally the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today we talked about Facebook. What the hell is going on with them? Talked about millennials, the big mistakes that they're making. They're not investing their money properly because of fear of the stock market. It's actually not that scary. Um, if you do have any questions about your own investing, you could definitely ask us. Um, millennials are also not saving enough, so keep saving more. And when they are saving, um, they're not investing in the right things. So make sure that you speak with a professional or you do your own research on how to invest. And start today because a small amount of saving goes a long way over the long term. Don't get caught by all the sexy investing in uh, high-risk, high-return opportunities. And price does not always equal value. Price does not always equal value. <laughs> get that again. Get that again straight up on the camera. And price does not always equal value. As always, thanks, Alfio Fodi. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>
for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Wise Investor. Until next time. This is what they did not teach you in school. We hope to see you soon.